Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. (laughs) It is your host, (laughs) Father Peter Teresa, joined by the one, the only Deacon Elijah DeLello. It is I. It is you. Yeah. Praise be God. We're back with another episode, Deacon, but it's just the two of us. Just today. the two of us. We can make it if we try. If we try. We're going to try real hard. We're going to try real hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our dear brother, Brother Paul, is... Been raptured. He's been raptured. Mm-hmm. We don't really believe in that, Deacon. No. No. Why would you say that? <sighs> Can we start over? <laughs> Brother Paul. I said that because of our topic today to demonstrate our the topic way is not the rapture. <laughs> no. Well, but, but our topic is penance. Our topic is penance. So I wanted to give myself an opportunity to be sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's <clears> right. You haven't, you haven't sinned. You've just misled. We're, so we're not talking about the rapture. Uh, our good brother Paul is not with us. He's currently in Virginia yeah. with the men in formation. They're at the Vita Consecrata Institute learning about religious life. Uh, and they're having a, a grand old time. Great. So it's just you and I. Yes. Uh, and we're not talking about the rapture. No. We are talking about <laughs> the sacrament of penance. As we were continuing our series on the seven sacraments, and this is sacrament number four. So this is, we, we've, we're, this will be the halfway point, over the, the over halfway point uh, now, because we, we've talked about the sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, Eucharist. And now we are getting into the sacrament of penance, or popularly known as confession. Confession, yeah. Confession. <clears throat> confession, reconciliation. It's got a lot of names. A couple of different ones, yep. Yeah. All, all, all getting to an important truth. Yes. Yes. So, Deacon. Uh, yes. This good sacrament, as we have said, uh, that a sacrament... Well, would you mind just telling us uh, one more time what a sacrament is? What is a sacrament? For 100. For 100 points, yes. Um, So essentially, it has four parts that we're looking at in our definition. And so first is it's a sacred sign instituted by Christ that efficaciously realizes the sanctification they represent so to build up the visible and invisible life of his church. And so maybe just to, because it's just a lot of words. It's a lot um, of words. But You're just a good reader, though. I, I do what I can. Um, <laughs> so it's a sacred sign. So as we've been saying with, with all of our sacraments, that there is an outward sign, uh, usually uh, in, the, in the form of the matter, not usually in the form of the matter, but in the form of the matter. Um, and so it's... It's in the words, it's in the material that we use. So in bapti- uh, baptism, it's, it's in the water and in the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So this is a sacred sign. And then that, that sacred sign, we're saying, has been instituted by Christ, directly instituted by Christ. So it didn't come about later on. The apostles yes. didn't make it up. The church didn't figure it out, you know, yes. 600 years later. But Jesus Christ instituted all seven sacraments. That is, that is a dogma of the church. We can't not hold that. Um, Gotta hold it. 
No, you got to hold it. Got to hold it. Got to hold it real tight. (laughs) (laughs) In your heart. In your heart. Yes. With faith. Um, And then the third part, it's efficaciously realized. Even when I say that word efficaciously. Mm -hmm. It's a great word. It's a great word. Um, But it's efficaciously realized. Um, Efficaciously realizes the sanctification they represent. So in other words... The very thing that the sign, the the meaning that the sign is communicating. So again, with baptism, I'm pouring this water over the person. So we're seeing that the water is running and it is, Mm -hmm. it is looking like it is washing, it is cleansing, um, that that is what the sign is communicating is actually happening. So efficacious, efficacious. Yes. So that's what that word means. And then, so to build up the visible and invisible life of his church. So, you know, we know as, as Catholics that there is. The visible uh, part of the church, which is all of the members. And when you're baptized, you became a, a visible member of the church. Uh, and then the invisible life of the church. So the, the spiritual parts of the church, our interior life, our communion with Christ, the things that are unseen, but that we hold by faith. Amen. Well done. hundred points for you. Wow. And I'll give you a few bonus points. As well. All right. Just don't tell Brother Paul when he gets back. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. We're going to put a special password on this podcast so he can't <laughs> listen to it. I hope he is listening wherever he is right now. <laughs> so part of that definition, as you have just so illustriously communicated it to us, is that it is a sacred sign instituted by Christ. Yeah. Uh, and so we could point to perhaps you know many different uh, places in the Gospels where Christ institutes it. Uh, one of the primary scripture texts for this comes from uh, Matthew's gospel, chapter 16, verse 19. And I'll just take an opportunity to read that. Mm-hmm. And it says, and, and Jesus told them, and I will give to thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind upon earth, it shall be bound also in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose upon earth, it shall be loosed also in heaven. And then... Uh, one of the the church's councils that really kind of gave us really, really good definitions for our sacraments, the, the Council of Trent, specifically points to the Gospel of John uh, at the very end of the Gospel. This is John 20, and this is verses 19 to 23. And here Jesus uh, is telling his apostles. Um, and we, we were told now when it was uh, late that same day, the first of the week, and the doors were shut where the disciples were gathered together for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be to you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands at his side. The disciples therefore were glad when they saw the Lord. He said therefore to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father hath sent me, I also send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them, And he said to them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven them, and whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. And so this is where, these are two two places, two, two really fundamental, two important places where we see Christ instituting the sacrament of penance, sacrament of confession, sacrament of reconciliation, and especially in this last one in, in John's gospel, it's a really dramatic, really profound, really, really clear institution where 
this is the the day of the resurrection. It's Easter Sunday. Uh, he he comes to them, and then he breathes on them. He gives them the Holy Spirit and tells them, just the men in the upper room, um, you know, whose sins you forgive will be forgiven, and whose sins uh, you retain shall be retained. And so we can see that Christ is is giving them this power, this ability that he has made them priests just uh, uh, a few days before at the Last Supper. And now he is breathing the Holy Spirit on them and then giving them this, this command, this power, this ability to forgive and retain sins. Yeah. And I think, um, and we, I think when we talked about baptism, we talked about one of the places where we see the form, you know, the, uh, kind of an explicit mm-hmm. form um, and it's given by Jesus in, in Matthew 28 and what's called the, the Greek commission, yeah. you know, go, go there for, um, you know, to, to all that I send you to proclaiming the, the, the gospel and baptizing them in the name of the father and son and the Holy yes. spirit. And I think it's interesting um, that in Matthew's gospel, you know, you get the great commission. This is really the last chapter in the gospel there. You don't get exactly that in John, but it's almost like yes. John's version yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and in both cases, he is, he is instituting, he is giving a sacrament yeah. um, that directly come from, again, we talked about, you know, that the sacraments are the ways in which Jesus has decided to distribute his graces. Yeah. And so, you know, John's gospel, here we are on Easter Sunday and the effects of his, you know, death on the cross, his, his resurrection is that now, uh, we can be forgiven of our sins. And so, hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> man, talk about, uh, talk about a pretty good gift. Yeah. I mean, we're, I don't know where I would be without those things, but, um, you'd be on the fast track to hell, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love I know, it. I know exactly where <laughs> you would be. Without yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. Well said father. <laughs> But that the Lord, I'd be riding shotgun with you. Yeah, that the Lord is, you know, He sends He sends out His apostles um, with the authority that they have as as apostles, as the first bishops, as representatives of the church, to confer graces in this way. Mm-hmm. You know, like first and foremost, we're forgiven from our sins through our baptism. But then, as we'll talk about, any sin that we commit after baptism has to be ordinarily um, forgiven through the sacrament. Of confession, yeah, and so I just I just find it very interesting that there's almost like a parallel between yeah. Matthew and John, where he's kind of almost commissioning them, you know, giving them the Spirit, sending them out, and he's telling them to baptize and to forgive sins. It's yeah. just very interesting. I, I would also, I would imagine that they have this dramatic encounter with the risen Lord. Uh, you know, this is like. This is, they're, they're seeing him really for the first time. He shows up. He, he says, peace be with you. He breathes on them. This really profound and dramatic and intimate scene. And then, and then he's with them th- for 40 more days, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't know exactly the, what, how much he's with them. And, and, but I would imagine that they were like, Hey, uh, you know, when you breathed on us and said like, whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Like, like you want to maybe, Maybe you, you want to flesh that out for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, I would imagine that people would have, you know, ex- expounded upon that mystery for, yeah. for them more, you know, as he's about to send them out. And and then 
And then obviously that this then, he, he gave them this power, but then this obviously doesn't die when the apostles dies, that, that through the laying on of hands and the apostles going out and, and, and laying hands on other men and making them bishops and priests, that then that power is then passed down onto them as well. Because, mm-hmm. um, cause as you were saying, this is how Christ wants to communicate. This is how he wants to give us these graces, these blessings, the, this, this way of healing our souls through these sacraments. And, and he has instituted this. He has set it up. He has told these men, um, this is what I want you to do. This is, this is how my church is going to work. And so it's not just for them. Then they hand this power then on through the Holy Spirit, through the laying on of hands so that all peoples and all times and all generations and all lands can receive this amazing grace of, of having their sins forgiven, um, after their baptism mm-hmm. and also just just while i'm because we're talking about um in particular what jesus is giving to his church but through the apostles yeah. and so just to say something also about matthew 16 which you also mm-hmm. quoted from um you know this is also a text that we use to see kind of peter's unique authority yes. as as you know the, the Prince of the Apostles. But I think it's very interesting because when it says that the Lord will give him the keys of the kingdom, you know, and it's, it's almost that the keys are a sign of authority, but it's with that same authority and that same kind of context that he's talking about the, the power to bind and loose to, yeah. to forgive sin. Um, and it's actually in, in Canon law, it talks about um, that remittance of sin comes through the keys of the church. Mm. And so I think it's just really, you know, we can't take for granted as Catholics that Christ has decided and, and, and has instituted the sacraments, but he has given us the church yeah. to then kind of, you know, give us those sacraments. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we can't divorce the two. And, and I think just especially today, because sometimes it can just be hard you know, being yep. Catholic with everything going on in the church, yeah. but that we have to remember that they're the divine quality of the church. Mm-hmm. We have to remember, uh, you know, that when Jesus founded the church, he knew that he was, he was calling 12 men, 12 yeah. fallible, sinful men yeah. um, who thanks be to God, all are, are saints, you know, and we can pray to the apostles. Well, one of them. Except for, for sure, except for Judas. <laughs> yes, except for you, you, you're keeping me straight today, Father. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, but so that but that we have um, we have through them and yeah. we have through the church. Then we have this authority that the Lord has given to us that we can trust it. Mm-hmm. And so when we receive, um, you know, those sacramental graces through the church, um, that we can know that you know, this authority that is being used to then confer that grace, to forgive that sin. Like it's a real authority that is the authority of Jesus that is being exercised through the church and his ministers. Yeah. Um, and that's where the power comes from. You know, that's yeah. where the power comes from. So I just think that that was, it's really, it's just really important. It's really beautiful. And I think that even just from that scripture that even, you know, whenever the, the canon law was, was written, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, it's still very much acknowledging the fact that yeah. it's that same authority that the Lord has yeah. given. So this is just very, very briefly. These are just two scriptures that we can point to, two very important scriptures we point to, to 
uh, Christ instituting this sacrament. And now we want to talk about uh, the another aspect of the sacraments that we've been talking about in all these episodes. And uh, we, we call it the, the, the matter and the form of the sacrament. Uh, every sacrament is made up of a physical and spiritual reality. Uh, and so Deacon, uh, we can think of the matter and the form, you know, for baptism, the, the matter is the water and the form is the, the formula. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, the matter of Eucharist is the bread and the wine and, and the form are the words that the priest says at the consecration of the mass. So this is one is not so clear. Uh, you know, sac- uh, confirmation had oil. Uh, mm-hmm. So what is the matter and the form? What's the matter, Deacon? Uh, what is the matter of the sacrament in the form of the sacrament for for uh, for penance, reconciliation, confession? Yeah, so um, it'll be similar when we talk about matrimony. Mm. Um, but so just because there is not a physical thing that we can touch um, doesn't mean that there isn't matter. And so we call it kind of like a a quasi matter, which means that it's kind of like matter. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of you know, mm-hmm. it's not um, it's not physical, but it's still matter. It's still necessary for the sacrament. And it's so, still the stuff. It's still the stuff that you need. That's right. It's a better way to put it. And so um, the first thing is is there's so remember that confession is for sins that are are post baptismal sins. Yes. So it's for somebody who a is baptized, meaning that they are, you know, they're a Christian who mm-hmm. has been in, you know, um, brought into the church or a visible member of the church. Which then again, remember, baptism opens us up to being able to receive the other sacraments, and then it's the sins that are committed after our baptism. So that's what we call the remote matter that's the stuff our sins are the yeah stuff. so it's it's the remote matter but then there's also a proximate matter um and so this is what we have to bring along with our sins mm-hmm. <laughs> to the confessional if you don't have sins then you don't have, you don't need to go you don't have so, the stuff for confession so the blessed mother yeah. was never able to go to confession <laughs> she just she couldn't cut it <laughs> in that matter thanks big uh, guy. yeah well done, mom. Yeah. Um, that's my mom. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so so it's it's the the sin, and then mm-hmm. and then there's three other parts, uh, and these are all on the part of the of the penitent. This right, is so, the stuff we bring to it. Yeah. So this would be first contrition, um, which means that we have, you know, we are sorry for our sins, yeah. and we have some firm purpose of amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the actual confession, which is that mm-hmm. I am I am. Telling the priest, uh, both in number and kind, yeah. my sins. You yeah. know what the the and this is where a good examination of conscience comes in. Um, but number and kind. So you know, I have, you know, punched my brother in the face. You know, five times this past week. You know, um, wow. Yeah, I what, missed that. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, d- I actually didn't just punch. Just glad it wasn't me. No, no one was punched. Oh, Father, okay. it was you, just, that was an example. That was an example. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my confession, okay? Well, I am a priest. So. I know you are. <laughs> I don't, this is very interesting. That's very interesting. I don't even want to go down that road. I wonder, 
I guess that would just be weird if this was a weird, real confession. Yeah, no, we wouldn't do that. No, that would be strange. All of a sudden, yeah, anyways, yeah. Well, this anyway, is, yes. <laughs> snap back to reality. Let's go. Yes. So, um, so it's contrition, it's confession, and then it's the satisfaction or the penance. Yeah. Um, and so this is what the priest uh, will give to the penitent, the one who has confessed after they have confessed um, so that they can satisfy, uh, make satisfaction, make reparation for the sins Mm -hmm. that they've committed. So you, that's awesome. So the stuff, the matter, the things that we bring are our sins and then our contrition, our our actual confession of them, and then uh, doing the penance afterwards. Right. Yep. So you were, you were mentioning there and talking about contrition. uh, And I just want to, make the distinction that there are two kinds of contrition. Yes. There's perfect and imperfect contrition. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, imperfect contrition is that we are sorry for our sins because we are afraid of hell. Yeah. Uh, We're afraid of the punishment that is due to us because of our sins. And then perfect contrition would be we're sorry for our sins because uh, they have offended God and mm-hmm. they have grieved God. And when we are just so sorry that, that we have, we have offended and hurt God by our sins. And so you can see, uh, you know, if you, you know, if you're a parent, you have kids and, and they tell you they're, they're sorry just because they don't want to get time out. Um, that's not a, as good a reason to be sorry as, as recognizing that like, oh, I actually hurt my family by, mm-hmm. by punching my brother five times this week. You yes. know? And so, so those are just some. And so we obviously we're, we're striving for perfect contrition, uh, but imperfect contrition cuts it as well. So it does. It does. And then you mentioned in confessing our sin that we need to confess our sins and the number and the kind. Mm-hmm. Would you mind just elaborating on what you mean by the number and kind of our sins? Yeah. So again, it's, it's how many times you did the particular thing. Yeah. Um, and then the kind would be, the actual sin itself, what you actually did, what the sin is. Um, and again, it's, it's, it makes it much easier to prepare yourself. If you have a good examination of conscience, you can find good ones, you know, on, mm-hmm. on the internet, on good, yeah. reliable Catholic sources or devotional yeah. books. So, and I would say, you know, the number might be hard sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, but to give the best ballpark that you can, um, around 10, around a hundred. Um, you need to be more specific than a few and a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so try to be as, you know, as close as you can. You know, you're not going to be like, you might not be so specific as, you know, I, um, but you know, if, if you do have a really big sin on your heart and like, you know, maybe, you know, uh, someone comes to confession who has, you know, committed adultery, um, that obviously you can't just say, well, a few times I committed adultery. We, we, you, you want to confess how many times, yeah. you know, if it is, cause if it's one time, that's different, uh, than 50 times. Right. Um, and, and if so, you know the number, you need to say the number. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I would also just say as someone on the priest side of confessions, that, you know, in, in trying to describe the kind, people like to provide context for their sins. Mm. And and that is not necessary. <laughs> we you don't need the whole story yeah. of of why this sin was committed. 
really, the only context that you need to give is uh, maybe I shouldn't say the only, but a very important context you need to give is your state in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you are married, uh, you know, then and you you have sex with someone who's not your wife. That that's different than you know if you're not married and you have sex. Those are those are, that's a different kind of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, one is um, adultery, and then the one is just. What's I don't forget the technical name for for fornication. Fornication, there it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, you know, you know, God forbid, a priest or religious. You know what I mean? Those are those are different kinds of sins. And so, you know, it is important to tell the priest. You know, I'm I'm a married man. I'm a married woman. I'm a single man. I'm a single woman. I always say that I'm a I'm a priest and I'm a religious because that then can also help the priest. You know, help me. Mm-hmm. And help you kind of, oh, okay, this is, this is, so those are just, but, but the story of why this sin was committed yeah. and why you gave that person the middle finger as you were driving down the road, um, you know, that sort of context is, is not always uh, necessary or helpful. And uh, sometimes it could be a way to justify. Yes. Oh, very often it's a way to justify. So there, I mean, so I totally sympathize with people when, when they're like, confession is, is a scary thing. Yeah, 100%. But at the same time, um, it's it's supposed to humble you. It's supposed yeah. to help you to feel the gravity yeah. so that you can truly then, when you receive that grace, when you receive that mercy, mm-hmm. you can really receive it well. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I've totally been there where I'm just kind of describing something and I'm like, okay, I'm just justifying this right now. <laughs> But well, it's like, just say what you him. did. Yeah, like, right. that's, that's it. Right. Just say what you did yeah. and just trust in the Lord's mercy. And Yes. No, amen. And then the form, the form of confession is the words of the priest uh, saying, I absolve you mm-hmm. from your sins yeah. in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the priest does not get to kind of freelance that prayer. Uh, and it's, it's okay and appropriate to, if you're not sure if the priest has said it correctly to, to maybe ask him to, to say just the traditional formula, um, because it is a necessary part for the sacrament to work for, for those words in particular, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. So it's the essential form. That is the essential form. Yes. Um, and then we would talk about, we've been talking about the, with all the different sacraments, the, the three levels, mm-hmm. uh, we had kind of some fancy Latin expressions for them, uh, but we can just maybe more commonly refer to them as the sign that mm-hmm. we said that a sacrament, the first part of our definition was, this is a sacred sign. So there's the sign, then there's the abiding effect that remains with us from the sacrament, and then the grace that we receive from the sacrament. So Deacon... Uh, what is the sign of the sacrament of confession? So the sign, uh, just for the sake of time, um, the sign is everything that we talked about in the form and the matter. So it's the it's the post-baptismal sin, then the uh, contrition, confession, and the penance. And then it's also the, the form, the words that the priest speaks, um, the essential form there that he speaks. <clears throat> I absolve you from your sins. Amen. You'll get to say that one day. <laughs> I know. Let's talk about humbling. It's pretty awesome. You know, it's humbling for the penitent to confess their sins. It's really humbling for the priest to then say, and I absolve you from yeah. your sins. Uh, so <laughs> it's just a humbling sacrament all around. Yeah.
So that is the sign. And then the uh, the abiding effect of the sacrament of reconciliation. So the abiding effect, um, I think the easiest way to describe it, because there's, there's, it, but just taking from Lawrence Feingold's book, Touched by Christ. So he says that it's a configuration of the penitent to Christ, um, to Christ who, to Christ the penitent, pretty much. So Jesus Christ who came and was sorrowful and, and suffered and made reparation for sin. So it's a way in which um, our, our contrition is then heightened and then infused with grace so that we can be conformed to Christ to truly live out the penance and the contrition yeah. uh, necessary in the sacrament. That's really beautiful. To be conformed to Christ in that way. Yeah. We don't always think about that effect of, of, of penance. Yeah. Right? I mean, we can sometimes just think of it of kind of just like clearing our conscience, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But we're, we're being configured to Christ in a very particular and beautiful way through yeah. the sacrament. And that would remain, you know, that grace would remain until someone were to commit like a mortal sin. Okay. So, but, <clears throat> and that's, you know. It's really, it's a very beautiful grace. You know, the, the priest says, go forth and sin no more. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of there. It's kind of that indication there. But yeah. Yeah. And then the, so that's the abiding effect, but then there are graces that we receive mm -hmm. from the sacrament as well. So what are the graces that come to us from this particular sacrament? So the grace would be the, the actual absolution. Mm -hmm. So, which is the release from the bondage to sin, the release for the, for the guilt of the, of the sin. And then, um, if we are in a state of mortal sin, then we would, a mortal sin. yeah, then we would receive uh, sanctifying grace, yeah. but you do receive, even if you're not in a state of, of mortal sin, you do still receive some sanctifying grace mm -hmm. yes. either way, yeah. but it's just a very different, you kind of. You come back to life. Yeah, that's right. Spiritually, yeah. if you're yeah. in a state of mortal sin. And what's really beautiful too is, is that, so say you commit a really grievous mortal sin um, and you have kind of ruptured this relationship with God. Yeah. And then, you know, you're not, you're, your soul, you're not in a place where then you can then, you know, merit graces. Mm -hmm. um, so anything that you do after that is not really meritorious. Um, but then after you go to confession, um, all of those meritorious acts, then you, those merits then come alive again. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's just really, really beautiful where um, this sacrament really just revives mm -hmm. so much in, in our hearts and our souls and, yeah. and in our spiritual life. And and then that we also that we also receive a special grace to then avoid sin in the future. Yeah, um, it helps us with that. We were given a grace to to not commit sins. And so, even if we find ourselves in the situation where we are struggling with sin and we find ourselves confessing the same sin over and over and over again, uh, one of the best things to do is just keep going, mm -hmm. keep confessing. Um, yeah. Because you are giving, you are getting the strength and giving the grace to, to keep fighting, to keep yeah. persevering, to, to keep avoiding the sin. And so um, never, never be discouraged if it has been, you know, the 10th or 100th or 1,000th time you've confessed this particular sin that there's still grace for you there every single time uh, yeah. to, to avoid that particular sin. Well, great. Yeah. I think we think we covered it. I think so. Um, 
And just, I don't know that this is directly tied to the sacrament, but just a thought on even just what you were just saying is, because I think that people can get very discouraged. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been there, I've been there <laughs> when I was going through my conversion, you know, for and the sure. sacrament confession was huge for me. Um, but just to say too, that sometimes when there's a particular sin that we can't overcome, um, that to remember what the sacrament is for is to again, receive forgiveness of the guilt of the sin. Um, but that sometimes there could be something else going on there. So there mm -hmm. could be either some bondage mm -hmm. or there could be, you know, a wound or a trauma right. or something like right. that. And so just to say that sometimes we have to kind of work in tandem with the sacrament mm -hmm. in order to overcome the sin. Um, and this can be something as simple as going to counseling, you know, with yeah. whatever that particular sin is trying to figure right. out what the root is, right. why it is that we keep falling into it what's going on, you know, in our hearts, what's going on mentally. Um, and if there's anything that we might need to, to renounce or, or, you know, even ask someone maybe for some prayer, if it's, if it's serious enough, you know, um, but that the Lord has the graces and, and yeah. that he will walk with you in that and, um, just to not be discouraged. Yeah. And I would just encourage people to, to not be afraid of the sacrament. Yeah. Um, I, I would venture that We've all had less than edifying experiences in the confessional and <laughs> yes. we weren't heard, we weren't received, um, you know, yeah, or, or in whatever it is. And, and uh, okay, you know, those are, those are regrettable. Those are lamentable. But, um, but if you are just like afraid to confess your sins, um, you know, just to, to just, okay, well, like what's driving this fear? You know, yeah. what am I, what am I so afraid of? And just to recognize that like God wants to forgive you mm -hmm. uh, of everything and, and everything's going to come to light at one point or another. Yeah. Um, and, and so just to bring it into the light of God's mercy uh, while we still can. And, and even just to think of, of your own children, you know, if you're, if you're a parent and, you saw that they were struggling and they weren't being a hundred percent honest with you about like what they were struggling with and how that would, um, that would grieve your heart. You would want to know the whole story, the whole picture of, of what they're struggling with. And, yep. and, you know, and, 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 you know, hopefully we have, you know, good, good parents, we had good parents who, who, who just wanted to love us and take care of us and help us. And so that's how God is with us, that, that um, God just wants to know. Uh, he doesn't want us to, to hide anything from him uh, so he can just hear all of it and mm -hmm. then love all of it and forgive all of it and redeem all of it and revive all of it. So uh, just an encouragement to people to, to go to confession, you know, because um, it's so important. Um, our spiritual lives are can be either dead or really choked if we haven't been to confession in a long time. Yeah. And so be not afraid. Amen. God, this is what God has given to us. Um, and so Deacon, it's time for our, our fun question for the podcast. But you said be not afraid. <laughs> so our fun question today, Deacon, is a Fun question. <laughs> what is the worst sin you have ever committed? Yeah, great. <laughs> I thought that this wasn't a. Uh, I'm just joking. 
I'm just joking, Deacon. This isn't I'm pray to get raptured. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, our fun question for the day. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm I'm a little unprepared for this moment. I'm always unprepared for this moment. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. Do you have a fun question for me? Oh, here we go. <laughs> now you're putting the impetus on me. Uh, a fun question for you. Um, my fun question was just, I have a good question. Oh, okay, please. If yeah. you could go to any saint oh. for confession. Oh, wow. Wasn't that good? Wow. So this is why I didn't have it. Cause you had it. Uh-huh. The Lord gave it to you. He didn't give it to me. Good one. Well, so they said like Padre Pio could like read your soul. Yeah. But he also might yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I could probably use that then. <laughs> so, uh, well, that, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, I'm, I'm going to say uh, St. John the Evangelist. Wow. Yeah. That like, that surprised me. Yeah. Well, I'm full of surprises. You are full of surprises. Yeah. That'd be great. I just, I perceive in, in him just the, the portrait from the Gospels, you know, the disciple who just reclined on our Lord's breast, who just, who just took care of Our Lady. Mm-hmm. I would just imagine that he was, he just, he just knew his way around a human heart. Yeah. And he could just shed, I mean, so much light into my my heart and and he would just be kind and gentle with it. And I, and that's what I, that's what I would need. So I would choose uh, St. John the evangelist. That's good. That's really good. What about um, you? Do you get- <clears throat> well, there's part of me that wants to say like St. Peter. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cause that'd just be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like the guy who got the keys. Yeah. Right? yeah he's just like, yeah. but, um, maybe, uh, John Vianney. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely on the short list. Yeah. He's definitely on the short list. He was he was known to hear confessions for hours and hours yeah. and also to have the gift to read hearts and um No, I don't speak French. That's but. an impediment for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's difficult. I guess I don't speak Greek or Aramaic, so. <laughs> well, uh, let's just pretend that yeah. there wouldn't be that issue probably yeah, yeah. There, there, a divine gift understand. Yeah, Saint John Vianney. We, well, the Johns. The Johns are good confessors, Amen. according to this podcast. Amen. So, Deacon, would you please be so kind as to close us in a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you again for the gift of the sacraments. Pray, uh, especially in Thanksgiving, for the sacrament of mercy, of confession, uh, that we ask, Lord Jesus, that more and more you would give us the Holy Spirit to enlighten our hearts, to Help us to make uh, a true and a firm purpose to amend our lives, to experience conversion, uh, to examine honestly our consciences, and to confess uh, with great confidence in your love and mercy all of our sins, and to frequent this sacrament uh, all of the days of our life. And that also pray just anybody who has been away from this sacrament, away from the church, uh, who might be uh, in shame or might be afraid to approach this sacrament, Lord, that you would just give them the grace just to return to know your love and your your mercy so that they can hear those words that they also have been absolved and forgiven of their sins. And we pray all of this through the intercession of St. John Vianney, St. John the the Evangelist, and our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. 
The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.